0: Coming to you from that galaxy far, far away. This is the Star Wars Fierce Podcast. And tonight, this is Chris. And this is Rocco. And Rocco and I are back for another installment of Star Wars Marvel Comic Books. So. We had a We had a little bit of a shorter month, which is nice, yeah, uh, but we're back at these core books, sans Star Wars, so I'm kind of excited because they were all actually really good issues this month.
1: yeah, it really felt like um it really feels like on a sh- shorter months with uh, less books, we end up getting more quality um and it does to me that doesn't actually make any sense because a lot of them are different writers um and and such so it's not like they're all one writer and the writer's like crap i gotta do six books this month so they're all going to be crap um it it just it it doesn't make sense but it's the truth uh we had a short month and we have three really quality books that we're going to talk about tonight are you saying that authors are overtaxed i mean Possibly. I I myself am not an author, so I do not know. <laughs> do you feel overtaxed? I'm, I'm always overtaxed, man. I got kids. It's your middle name. Pretty much. Well, let's
0: get to the, the news from the Net. Talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of Star Wars. Uh, first up, Obi-Wan Kenobi has been delayed
1: for two yeah, days. Yes, but I, I, I go with the Darth Vader meme which is an announced it shows the announcement of it being delayed two days, but we're going to get two episodes instead of one. Yes. And it, it, the underneath it is a two panel, uh, Vader comic scene and it's Vader going, it is. And the next one acceptable. <laughs> and that's, and that's actually exactly how I feel. Like I'm not happy, but it's acceptable.
0: I know how I felt when I got to the end of moon Knight and I couldn't watch another episode. So I do appreciate it. Cause sometimes I just want to binge, honestly.
1: It's true. It's true. And, and by the way, speaking of comics, if you haven't watched the new moon Knight yet, all I'm going to say is watch it. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I mean, it's been delayed two days, but we're going to get two episodes and they're like, what an hour long each. I read.
0: It better be. <laughs>
1: It's like it's like a two hour star Wars movie, um yeah. and it's something that we've been waiting for for how many years and it is it's approaching man it's getting here it's almost all, here all the years, yeah, honestly, all Pretty the much. years
0: of Star Wars fandom jumping over to new Star Wars uh, uh, we have Christopher Lloyd joining the Mandalorian season three. what do you think what do you what do you think our favorite nutty professor uh what do you think his role is going to be in this show?
1: Well, so, someone said if his name in Star Wars isn't Del Orion, um, then that's just a, it's been a complete waste. All of Star Wars has been a complete waste um, if that doesn't happen. But I, I don't necessarily agree with that. But I think that's hilarious. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of talk on him being that strange bearded Jedi from, um, what was it, Heir to the Empire? Doris C that's it yeah there's rumor of that and because <laughs> because he doesn't train with luke um grogu that the mandalorian is going to take is going to find this other jedi to train grogu and realize that he's not actually good again speculation you mean
0: luke luke with two yous
1: <laughs> luke No. And uh, then um
0: that's how also they spell this guy's name with an extra vowel versus his his original name. Um because he's a clone as well in the books. Um interesting, interesting um thought there. There have there has been rumors of heirs of the empire being adapted somehow, being at least the title of maybe the ultimate uh, crash course for all the shows we're watching right now which you know with the inevitable inevitable return of grand animal Thrawn, you know makes some sense of course this new republic era is way different than what they did in the eu but hey you're bringing in stuff now and fans from you know years and years ago are happy that you're finally playing nice in the sandbox with both new and old fans
1: it's true the shows haven't missed yet um, you know we we've, we've had well, and, uh, well, on
0: our last episode of the Bubba Fett discussion would say otherwise for some of our compadres. Uh,
1: yes, but I I don't know. I just I feel like the shows. I feel like the movies have the, the new movies have really been like a heart attack. Like if it were on a screen, they're up <laughs> and they're down and they're up and they're down. It's a massive coronary in terms of how those movies track. You had Force Awakens, which was awesome. And then you had Rogue One following that up. And you're like, yes. And then you had The Last Jedi, which is one of the most divisive movies ever. I loved it, but now it's super divisive. Then you've got Solo, again, divisive. I loved it, but it was divisive. And then you had Rise of Skywalker, which was, I don't, I still don't quite understand all of rise of skywalker because the child in me was like yeah and the adult in me was kind of like well wait what so again it was up and down and up and down but these shows have been pretty consistent in my opinion and and that's why i can't wait for more
0: absolutely more star wars content the better and we know there's a buttload of it coming so uh i you know we still don't know when Caston's going to drop i'm sure it's right after obi-wan <laughs> i doubt it it's probably this it's probably at celebration um casey and i talked about this on our show the other day it, he was like yeah if they're going to drop the first episode and it's supposedly summer drop it in august during celebration show it there i that's that's my bet we get it starting in august and it goes into the fall
1: Yeah, that would make sense because we're going to be getting Mando and Christmas um, is is what we've been told. So, you know, we're getting Mando on Christmas. They just finished shooting. um, And then, yeah, they just finished shooting Mando's and they said it would be holidays. So here we are. So it makes sense because Obi-Wan's going to go May probably into the beginning of summer and then that's going to bring us through probably a, star, a dry star wars summer and then end of summer we'll get Andor, just like you said into fall and then we'll have a dry fall for star wars and then winter will pick up with mando
0: but now we're in this awesome cycle with the marvel shows where there is never a dry moment um in fact i'm so wet over it that i i I have to get a new couch. Um, You're gonna have to, because you are a yeah. squirter, anyway. I am. I am. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the Lego Skywalker saga is is finally coming out after I don't even know how long it's been on hold. Uh, it does drop. Tomorrow. supposedly today i was allowed to download it yesterday and i thought i could actually play it but it was a big tease when the countdown timer said 23 hours and i was like you sons of bitches so yeah um, at some point in this evening it should be ready to play i nice.
1: love lego games i am excited to play this new version this updated version of all the games so i'm really really uh, excited about this lego uh, game i don't really mess with the lego games i never have um, I love the Lego movies, um, especially Lego Batman is probably one of my favorite animated movies. I mean, Zach Galifianakis as the Joker, come on now. Will Arnett as Batman, let's go. Um, but uh, with this game, it comes out tomorrow on my birthday, which I think was pretty apropos. Um, and I'm hoping that someone bought it for me um, because I did not buy it. But this is one I will be purchasing after I pay off my trip to New York City. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You got kids. Um, they're great games. We, My wife and I, we love the Lego games. We play them together a lot. Um, we've played a bunch of them. And they're probably her favorite kind of games to play, too. So usually I'll just buy them for her, too, um, whenever they're on sale and stuff. But this one, uh, the revamped like space battles, the at battle on Hoth. I can't wait to play that and stuff. So a lot of fun to be had, especially since I just beat Cyberpunk 2077 this weekend.
1: Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. I mean, you need it. I just beat uh, Forbidden West for Horizon. so like, uh, Thank you. I need a game. I jump back into Subnautica um, because go. I'm a glutton for punishment. But um, with that being said, uh, yeah, I mean, having kids and getting this Lego game, I think it'd be great. Um, they'll love it. I did read a review. Um, it gave it like, I think, a 7.8 out of 10. It said, 15. listen, it's a Lego game, but you will enjoy it from the beginning crawl of episode one till the final credits of episode nine. Like you will have a great time. And I mean, we get the Mandalorian, Rogue One, all of it. It's all there.
0: I I don't know about those ones. I hope you get those character packs, which is fun. And I hope they do DLC for like those movies. That would be really awesome. Well, they did Um, say
1: Mandalorian. I specifically said the Mandalorian.
0: I paid for that character pack like oh. you can you can buy the deluxe like pay 10 bucks more and you get oh. all the character packs like so that's what they are there's like so many different characters and they're doing one through nine and they've only adapted one through seven so they did you know they did the trilogy and then they did the prequel and then they did the all the collection mm-hmm. and then when they released episode seven as a game by itself mm-hmm. they never did eight and nine so it'll be really fun to to play through those
1: okay yeah I if i do it antics. if i do it i'm gonna to have to do the mandalorian for my son i mean obviously for myself but my son is obsessed with the Mandalorian. um he's only the two. he's only two so he'll just be like, daddy i want to watch a macalorian it and i right said i said all right i'll put it on and then like we'll be watching it and he'll be like daddy that's a Mandalorian." i said yeah that's the macalorian very good and then like uh, when Paz Vizla came on the screen, he said, another, Mac- another, "Another Macalorian. It's another, another And I said, "Yeah, dude, that's two two Macalorians. And now that's how we say it in our house now because of him.
0: <laughs> I'm, che- I'm cheering up over here. That's that's some that's some really good father son bonding moments right there. You've I do done what I well. can. I You've do done what I well.
1: can. <laughs> done well. Well, thank you. The <laughs> last bit
0: of news here. If you haven't heard enough about the Oscars this week, let me tell you something positive that happened. Um, So, um, Troy Coetzer wins an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, uh, CODA. So, CODA. CODA. CODA, right? Yep. So, he's the first deaf actor to appear in Star Wars, and he created the sign language that the Tuscans used in
1: The Mandalorian. I so that's amazing. I have not seen Coda. And the reason is, is that I saw the trailer. I could barely get through it. And I knew it deserved all the Oscars just from the trailer. I don't know if you saw the trailer, but I cried like a weeping child. I cried through that trailer. I could not get through it. I thought if I watch that movie, I'm gonna have to go back to therapy. It's, it's a, it's a little, it's a, it's a high school girl whose entire family is deaf except for her. And she's an amazing singer and she wants to go to college to pursue singing, but her family cannot hear her. And so they don't understand her gift and they also need her to stay home because she's the only one that can hear. So she takes care of her whole family and it's that struggle. And there was a scene in the trailer where she's singing and she's singing beautifully and the whole crowd is standing up and giving her a standing ovation and her family's just sitting there and then it does it from their pov so you can't hear anything it's just silence and they're looking around really confused and it is so heartbreaking and i just like that's it all i need is the trailer i can't watch this movie this dude deserves the oscar i don't even see the movie and the dude deserves the oscar period awesome yes it is awesome
0: I'm glad we can talk about something positive from the Oscars on this show.
1: Yeah, I heard, though, this dude wanted to slap Chris Rock, too. Really? I'm sorry. I'm making, what's, I'm making what's that cool, up. What's
0: wrong with Chris Rock lately?
1: Man, he must be starting a lot of issues. Listen, we, should get him into Star, we should get him into Star Wars. <laughs> Listen, just don't. we just don't talk about Jada. Anyway. Right? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Out of your mouth. Out of your mouth, Rocco. I'm sorry. Out of your mouth. I keep her name out of my mouth now
0: okay so uh we we dropped hr from this show uh not too long ago we did because um it was a lot to do and there was more coming and we were like maybe we should do an hr show we're busy we're trying to do another show called listen up casuals which is um a real passion project for both of us it is so to take on another show would be tough so i've when Rocco asked me if, if we could talk about the HR tonight, because he read these comics, and I think it's great that you're doing that and not reading the books as well, because it's got to be some, somewhat of a disconnect there. Um, have you ever tried to like just look up the synopsis of Light of the Jedi or The no. Rising Storm or anything? You should just do it. Just do it I like should. that. Cliff note that shit, you know?
1: I, I should. I should really go and get the... Yeah. Or...
0: Marvel yeah. should do everybody a solid and adapt these books into comics.
1: Uh, that would be nice. I just like, I don't know. I've, I've got kids and I'm tired a lot. And so comic books, <laughs> he just spits beer everywhere. Um, uh, comic books. I can read a comic in 15, 20 minutes, maybe some books that are short. I can get through in 10 minutes. I love the artwork there. It's beautiful. And I love comic books. Period. Um, regular books—they're just they just have words, and I have to rely on my brain, and my brain ain't all that is crapped up, cracked up to be anymore. Um, no, you're right. The first time it's all it's cracked up to be, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, no, but I read I read the High Republic comics because they are Star Wars comics, and they're Marvel. And Marvel Star Wars is quality. Period. It, 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 there's nothing else to say. It's quality. If you don't like it, you're wrong, um, and that's fine. Um, but with with High Republic, I just wanted to kind of breeze through it quick. Um, so we we had High Republic proper, which was the story of Keeve Trennis, um, who was Padawan, who was just knighted, um, and they were dealing with all different types of Dark Side um, creatures. And then they were dealing with a, lot, a lot with the Nihil, the Nihil, the Nile, Nih- 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 Nile, 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 the Nile. It's not just a river in Egypt. Um, but anyway, you like that? <laughs> See what I did there? It beat me to it. Um. Uh, so that broke off into something called Trail of Shadows, um, and Trail of Shadows and High Republic kind of ebbed and flowed into each other. For instance, High Republic would reference. Um, would directly reference Trail of Shadows and Trail of Shadows obviously directly referenced High Republic. Um, Trail of Shadows was a murder mystery where you had a private investigator with a a buddy cop with a Jedi. And they were investigating a murder. And um, the way the person was murdered connected to the High Republic comics and what was going on there. Then separately, you had the Eye of the Storm, which really followed more the Nihil, the Nile, um, and what was going on with them. All three have ended, and that's why I wanted to briefly talk about them. Yes. So, spoiler
0: alert for anybody who's not read like read The Rising Storm: they attack the Nile, attack the like this big celebration right on Coruscant or something the Uh, yes uh, the fair the the fair i haven't read it so they yes there's a big there's a big attack so how does that tie into where we're at at this point because as much as i want to avoid spoilers for the high republic it's going to happen it's my choice not to follow it um so i'm fine with that i I would rather know that it's being enjoyed but how like when i stopped what happens
1: next do these books relate to that so it all so in these comics the attack on the fair is referenced we don't see anything about the attack of the, on the fair it is consistently referenced as okay. a major event in all of the all three books all three books um trail of shadows high republic proper and um eye of the storm all three reference this attack but that's not the culmination of these books right so the, so the Martian Rowe book is not an origin story. No. Who? interesting. No. Um, in fact, I didn't really, under, I didn't really like the first one. Um, but I, it, I knew it was only two books. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get the second one. And it's just whatever. It's two books. Not a big deal. The second one was very, very good. Very good.
0: You're not really familiar with that character to begin with.
1: Not really, no, yeah. he's, he's referenced often in yes. High Republic, um, but uh, not a character I, I was familiar with. However, all three books, really less Trail of Shadows, because Trail of Shadows ended uh, like a month or two ago. Um, mm-hmm. It's more Eye of the Storm and High Republic that directly pretty much end in the same place. Interesting. Which is the destruction of Starlight Beacon. Yes, I knew that happened. So that is where these books that's where they Starlight Beacon slams into the nearest planet um, after it is um, taken down. And the big mystery is how, what, how, ha- how did, how did this happen? Um, oh, wow. And I mean, these books were up and down for me, but I think one in, in the final book of high Republic, there is a scene where I believe it's Jedi Maru, well, they're trying. They're, they're running through the station and they're trying to understand with all this destruction why the station hasn't split in half yet. <laughs> and they, they come into one of the areas of the, the station, Starlight Beacon, and they just see the Jedi Maru and he's like in the center of it. And he's literally using the force and it is tearing him in half as he is using the force to hold the whole station together. Wow. Um, and it was incredible. Those panels, those panels were, first of all, they were artistically freaking gorgeous. Um, but secondly, just like it was just wild to see the force used that way. And just that whole scene with um, the marshal, it was it was awesome. Uh, the last books in this series were really great. So if you're in it, stick with it. It it does get really good, and I think when you meld all three books together, you get something really great. Um, I so I really did enjoy it, but it took me a while. I had to really stick with these books. No, I I absolutely agree that it must be really tough
0: when the main chunk of the story is being told in novel form. Um, so yeah, I mean this is this is the end of the phase. The new phase starts this fall. Um, so that'll be, I don't know if it's phase three technically or it's phase two. I'm not sure really what they're calling it, but yeah, it makes sense that they 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 did a stop point. That's a huge tragedy. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, and it was cool at the end of all three books, the final um, book for all three, all said the High Republic will be returning in the fall. So you knew that all three books had ended um, and I was good with that. I liked where they ended. I was happy with it, and now I, I'm looking forward to what comes next.
0: Absolutely. And I, when fall rolls around again, we will have to insert this uh, section back in again, and and have you talk about it because you can keep me assessed on what's happening in the High Republic. I'll keep you abreast of all of it. Oh, now you just I oh. Thank you, buddy. (laughs) All right, let's talk. Let's talk to comics for this month. We're going to start with Afra, Dr. Afra number 19. Yes. Ascension. Uh, It's written by Alyssa Wong, art by Minkyu Jung, colors by
1: Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by Joe Carmagna. Yes. Yes. Now, I I think I want to start here, which is your text message to me, which was, (laughs) Hey, Afra was really good this month. And I read your text and I was like, I can, com- yes, it really was. I remember I texted back, like, I was thinking the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. Afra was really good. This month. you've been listening to our show. Um, which, if you're listening to it now, most likely you've been listening to it since the beginning, I would hope. And if not, go back. Um, Afra has been up and down and up and down. And sometimes we slam it and we bash it because it sucks. And sometimes it's just most really good. Yeah. No. But this, this specific book, this was good afra 19 was great because it was telling multiple stories about the same characters at the same time and we got a really good backstory i think yes characters that we care about yeah we I, I, we didn't really hear about um lucky and areola um yeah they weren't part of this it just was afra and sana and then their their buddy for their college friend who just kind of sucks <laughs> Just a Sith wannabe, um, and they're looking for what are you talking about? Those girls are bullies. Oh, yeah, I know, but they were the mean girls, they're the fun kind of bullies. Ah, I see.
0: (laughs) Steal everything from from the archaeological school. What a class X! No, yeah, I, yeah, I think this was, I thought it was great. Um, Kofan Ferris is such a weird character when they first introduced. Her and now we get this little backstory of what happened with um how Afra Sana and this other girl tricked tricked her and the headmaster, I'll call her the, the Twilight that we meet, and then they go in and like steal her all her stuff. So back to back to the classic Afra Antics,
1: uh, yeah, exactly. And what I like is that Afra feigned. Her friendship by helping her at the registrar, uh, and right in the beginning, like, oh yeah, she's from a friend's cousin's roommate or something along those lines, and the registrar is like, uh, okay, whatever, like, kind of, I don't get paid enough attitude, um, and and she's like, why would you do that for me? Oh, you know, I just want to be friends, and then that go break into this office you know and exactly i loved that i loved it this
0: this is getting to the point where we wanted this book this is all about these artifacts it's a little intrigue and adventure and mystery and this ascend ascendance the ascendants are something i'm really interested in because i wonder how this will tie back where this will tie back to, and it better be the high Republic as we've been speaking about over the past episodes.
1: Yeah. I, I think that the ascendants and that ascendant technology, I think is really cool because there were people there are a bunch of people that weren't force users, weren't highly force attuned that used technology to in essence, fake the force. And I think that, I think that that's really neat. <laughs> um. Something Absolutely. We, we haven't seen that in Star Wars, um, and I want them to pull on that thread more. I want to know more about that. Like, I don't need Lucky and Ariola. I don't care. Like, I listen to me. Listen to me. The writers of Afra, I don't give a shit about Lucky. I have no choice. <laughs> well, you don't have a choice, but the, <laughs> the writers of Dr. Afra, I know you're longtime listeners of our show. I don't care about Lucky and Areola. Kill them off. Kill them. I don't care. Kill them off okay but pull on that ascendant thread more with afra i want to know more about that i want to read about that
0: that's right put those guys out the airlock where they belong now something i i I was thinking about was like what if the ascendants and the nile back in the high republic days hung out together and they were able to give the nile powers to fight the jedi and because now we're looking at this thing called the spark eternal which is the final masterpiece of the Ascendants that grants impossible powers and the ability to transcend the limits of the flesh, making them Sith. Yeah. So that's what this big MacGuffin is in this issue. It's like the ultimate piece of uh, Ascendant technology. And we're we're finding out it's just existing in this sanctum under what is this? What university is this? I wrote this down. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I had
1: it written down. It's gonna be all smart stuff. That's okay. That's okay. Um, oh, University of, of Barleth. That's it. That's right. Now, was that college? Is that on Coruscant? Where? Or is it that on Barleth? Duh! Stupid question. What? Barleth? Stupid... No, no. Barleth could be a town. It could be. Yeah, you know, maybe it's a community yeah. college. Right. Right. I Who mean... knows? I wish I had archaeological uh, archaeology at my community college. I know I would dress as Indiana Jones every day. It belongs in a museum. Right. on am But yeah, um, no, this was a good, it was a good book. It was a solid book. I enjoyed it. And I liked the ending where, you know, is this where the spark eternal is? And she's like, what is she? This is the spark eternal. Like that whole chamber or whatever.
0: Become the Sith.
1: Yeah. I, one last it. thing to
0: touch on yes, that we, we both liked about this as well. Um, the Bush squad shows up again. Um, so we are going to hopefully see uh, how this suit comes to be in Return of the Jedi. Yes.
1: Yes. I I keep seeing uh, the Bausch bounty hunter um, in the same um, outfit Leia wears in Return of the Jedi. And somehow it gets from him. To Leia, which is something that I'm looking forward to seeing or understanding. Hopefully,
0: not too soon,
1: because that was actually one of the issues that I really enjoyed of those one shots from War of the Bounty Hunters. That's true. I did enjoy that as well. I have to say, though, Domina, Domina, tag. Mm, mm, mm.
0: I, I, you, have a, you have a strange, you have a strange like lust for this woman. It's sometimes you are like frightened of her. And then the next episode, you're like thinking she's a piece of pizza. I, how do you really feel? Are you, is that she, why? Because she like, she does frighten you. It turns you on.
1: Yeah. I, 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 have you ever watched the show Workaholics? <laughs> no, I haven't. Well, he's like she's frightening, but she turns me on. She gives me a, <laughs> she gives me a fear erection, <laughs> and that's and that's pretty much it. That's exactly it. Like she is terrifying and stunning and I, I you know what this is a family show so i'm gonna stop there <laughs> uh, yeah i was
0: gonna say i mean no it's it's explicit i was let me I'll, let me finish my thought it must be really hard to flip the pages <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> yeah they're stuck together anyway right.
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh this might be in the the deleted scenes anyways oh God. um so this was a great issue that's the best part about it is that i like Alyssa wong i think that um she did write that the bausch issue right yes
1: she's very good i love yes. most of her work
0: she's writing that um the iron fist miniseries right now which is like supposed to be spectacular okay uh so yeah i have a lot of faith in her if she can just get rid of these crappy characters she tried to introduce that nobody gives a shit about
1: yeah, That's I it. I feel bad, but I also don't. I don't know. Nope. I don't know. Anyway.
0: Anyways, I think it's time to jump to commercial. And I think so too. We'll, all right, then we'll be right back. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetAtowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and fairy, and many more. D-Fat Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with D-Fat Comics.
1: Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we... Talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the Campfire Chats. A DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. Welcome back to Star Warriors Marvel Comics Edition. Um, You got myself, Rocco, here. And this is Chris. And we are um, back talking about March's um, uh, offerings. Uh, we got three books. Um, we've already gone over Afra. if you've been paying attention. Um, we're now going to break into Bounty Hunters, number 21.
0: All right. It's called The Corellia Gambit. It's written by Ethan Sachs. Art by Paolo Villanelli. Colors by Brian Valenza. And letters by Travis Langham. So this... What did you think about this, uh, this month's book, bud?
1: It It's gone back to the action porn. Almost every panel was full on action. And that is what I've grown to expect from Bounty Hunters. And that's what I like about it. Um, It's really just a shoot them up. Um, You know, if you want to, it's like, it's like a fast paced action movie. Every single time you open one of these comics. And again, number 21 did not disappoint.
0: I know you're not a fan, but may I say like fast and
1: furious? Uh,
0: not even, right? If Oof. we
1: must, if we must. No, we don't have to. We I don't was gonna have to to. say more like smoke and aces. Ooh,
0: smoke and aces. Yeah, All
1: right. deep, deep cut, baby. Deep cut. That's a
0: good one. That's a good one. Uh, so we're back with Tongan crew. And I, I, I like this because we've kind of went away from Valence, the main character. Valence has been captured by vader mm-hmm. or reconstructed and then being used by vader but it's cool because we did start this whole series with meeting tonga uh and that whole job that they had in which her brother was was killed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of sets up the events of like war of the bounty hunters and like her involvement in that but they bring it back in this and she's dreaming at the beginning of this epi- uh, episode, this issue.
1: <laughs> Same, feels thing, like right? Same thing. Same thing. Same feel- thing. It feels like it though. With this book, it feels like a television show. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so she she sees Tangor, a ghost of him, basically in her in her dream. But what also kind of got me is what she sees Lasha, who is alive and part of her crew, her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of is this kind of a you Know precursor to what happens, uh, I don't know, like but a foreshadowing, right? A little foreshadowing, perhaps. Uh, but maybe it's just really her s- state of mind. She's going on this big mission, something happened before she lost her brother, so a little bit of like maybe PTSD as well.
1: Uh, yeah, I, and I, I liked it. I like this little like vision that she had, and it was like, you know, you get up, you got to get up because she's. You know in the middle of whatever's going on and you know it was just, and all the action going on around it and i and i like this crew and the porn and the porn yes of course no um i i i love this this crew we've got bosk mm-hmm. on this crew now we've got zuckus they got four back in the last issue um So this is a cool crew. And like you said, you know, they broke off and away from Valence, which I think was good. I think that the whole Valence thing was getting stale. And I like the fact that Valence has now really jumped into the Vader comics. And, you know, he's no longer part of Bounty Hunters, which which is fine because they've got this great crew.
0: Exactly. Especially fan favorites like Boss and Zuckus and Forlom, as you mentioned. But also Tashu Leash.
1: Yes, I, what Ulish. a great
0: way! Exactly, what a great way to bring in all the different eras of Star Wars.
1: Yes, I agree, and I think that that's something that the comic books have done really well is give us a nice blend of the sequels and the prequels and the originals, and and it makes sense.
0: I agree. It it enhances them, as we as we say um so remember in last the last issue we 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 caught up with dangar again mm-hmm. and dangar is like doing his best james bond impersonation he's in bed with some sexy alien of some sort that he definitely he paid the, right exactly i mean you'd have to look at him um and then he gets the call from the crimson dawn and they send him they task him with killing someone Mm-hmm. And we don't know, right? We're not sure who yet.
1: As far as I know, that's kind of been cloak and dagger, if you will, of who exactly he's been sent to kill. But he is definitely on a murder mission.
0: It's in, it's kind of interesting because Chris Dawn has
1: Kedalia at this point, right? I believe so.
0: That's what happened, I believe, with um, Kira in the last issue. So we know that the, the target is not her. Is it. Who do you think it could be? Is it somebody on his crew? Is it. Valance?
1: Well, the, you brought this up, uh, you know, in the green room before the show that uh, in this book, we see Dengar with that, uh, what's it? Uh, Lobot looking guy. Yes, and they're tr- Sci-Fac. Tr- there you go, and he's <laughs> trying to lure them somewhere. So it's definitely someone on Tonga's crew. I honestly, I don't have a guess. I don't. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't either. Because it's just maybe he's just a pawn or whatever chess piece he represents uh, in this whole scheme. And by placing him where they need him to be and allowing him to act pushes their, uh, their agenda further, perhaps. I, I don't know. I think it's very, like, it's, it's smoke and mirrors. It's, it is very espionage-like. And that's what I really like about this whole Crimson Rain uh, storyline. It's it's full of kind of intrigue, what's happening? Let's keep telling great stories between Empire and Jedi.
1: Yeah, I think if anything, this Crimson Dawn era, this Crimson Rain era, um has been probably my favorite so far. I like it more than War of the Bounty Hunters, and I did really like War of the Bounty Hunters. Um and I thought that this was I think that this is fantastic. I think it's funny too that two of my favorite uh uh what are they called? events right now are Crimson Rain and Devil's Rain um over on the the Marvel proper side of things. Um but again, yeah, Crimson Rain has been awesome with the twists and the turns you don't know who's really in crimson dawn it could be this guy it could be that guy we don't know end of the book bam they were in crimson dawn the whole time um and and i think that i think that's made these this whole event super super interesting and it adds to the implications of return of the jedi a movie from 1983
0: yes and i think that what they've been doing here as we've mentioned before is we love shadows, but and this is something that's like on a totally different level. Uh, and as they continue to tell the story, and it really depends on where Hidden Empire falls. I mean, this is this is just as enjoyable as I'm sure I've said before.
1: Yeah, and and you and I we're we're shadows OGs. We loved shadows. Yes, we are. But yep. uh, you know, I read the book. I played the video game. I read the corresponding comic books when I was a kid. Shadows of the Empire was my shit. Because I felt like I was so cool. I was in a part of Star Wars and not a lot of people knew about. Look how cool I am. And and now you got War of the Bounty Hunters and you've got now Crimson Rain, And and I just, I didn't think anything could beat Shadows, but I mean, here we are.
0: Here we are. So another thing we talked about in the last episode was disguises and how that really works with Star Wars on a regular basis, mm-hmm. which they do again in this one. Uh, so they take... Um, so we do meet Lady Proxima from Solo, which is another nice tie into the other Disney movies. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're in Cornet City, and Cornet City is controlled by uh Vakora, who we know is Crimson Dawn.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so they trick they trick everybody and they decide that Tonga is gonna go in as a hostage or prisoner. Yep. And they're gonna try to infiltrate them that way. Um, there's a big fight, which is very action pornish as we've mentioned Mm -hmm. uh and then in the end they are actually able to uh, hit Fakora with a tranquilizer and escape so that's where we leave our our heroes at the end of the book
1: yes and again you know it it felt very return of the jedi with them bringing in chewbacca you know, that's yeah. the feeling I got from it and, and what I'm being reminded of.
0: Um, Chewbacca gets brought in twice in those movies. In <laughs> New Hope, he's a prisoner. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Hot and Luke in the stormtrooper disguises. and Poor Chewy. Right? I mean, what costume would fit that Wookiee, anyways, honestly? So, yeah. kind of makes sense. Didn't they do that in War of the Bounty Hunters as well? I think so. Fire.
1: I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I think didn't. Uh, I think Boba Fett singed his his fur there with with the, some fire or something like that. But Action either way, poor, poor Chewie. Yeah, poor Chewie. His his planet's already ravaged by the
0: Empire. Just he's thrown into a a mud pit and Mimbian or whatever it's called. So Mimban, Mimban. Yeah. Mimban. Yeah. Yeah. Tomato, tomato.
1: I love tomato. that. I I love tangentially speaking I I love the fact that you know they they kept that story of Han and Chewie meeting as Chewie's enslaved um and and Han frees him and the whole life debt thing I really really loved that scene was very heartwarming for being a longtime Star Wars fan but anyway back to the comics.
0: Being a longtime Star Wars fan, I was kind of disappointed that Black or didn't give a life to the Bubba Fett in that show. Yeah. Makes no sense.
1: Maybe it so. was discussed off camera.
0: Perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps they're like, here, me back to tank, Sue back to tank.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, space Spanish. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Exactly.
0: Anyways, uh, on to Darth Vader number 21. It's called Return of the Handmaiden, uh, written by Greg Pack, art by Rafael Yanko, colors by Alex Sinclair, and inks. I'm sorry, letters by Joe Carmagna. Caramagna. Caramagna. Um, Sabe
1: is... Keira Knightley. And she is relentless. <laughs> she is relentless. She is not going to be happy until Vader's helmet is on her mantle. If she has a mantle, I'm sure she does. She has to have a mantle. Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. But she no. she wants Vader dead.
0: So much so that how does she capture Ochi and Admin Moore? It's such a it's such a crazy thing. Like, she's like, I've captured you, I'm Crimson Dawn. We're all Crimson Dawn, but I'm the boss. I'm Tony Danza.
1: And she <laughs> And she <laughs> um, she is the one that planted the list, too. Yes. And I love in this book that they said, well, wait a minute. There were fake names of Crimson Dawn, but there were also real Crimson Dawn people on that list. And she goes, yeah, sometimes good organizations need a little house cleaning. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but I was just like, oh, shit, like, that was a mass execution. I mean, geez, when Vader went into that room and just started systematically executing people in the room and and the Emperor was like, half of your list was correct.
0: <laughs> half your list was. He's wasn't. so happy about it. He's yeah. like, whatever.
1: He doesn't care. He's chaos. Vader is like his prize fighting dog. He's just happy when he sees it kill something.
0: The farther he goes down that path, the better. And every time he questions it, which we've seen over the last year or so of comics, and now he's back in the fold like the Grasp of the Emperor before he goes back to Anakin Skywalker, we're trying to jump,
1: exactly, exactly. And of course, this book is no different. Um, and yeah, so Sabe, so okay, what happens next? <laughs>
0: We, uh, we meet up with the Assassin's Guild again, which is a neat little crew of, like, a transition named Tonka. That's right. Not much right. different. And then um, my favorite droid lately of, called G90, which is, like, this giant sphere droid that somebody rode into battle in one of these issues. Like, mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. Um, so that's been a neat little, like, comedy relief in a way, I guess. Levity. Um, until Vader like chops G90 in half. And I start crying while I'm reading this comic.
1: <laughs> well, I like too, that there's a group of them that like, look at Vader as this hero. Like he is a hero to them because he killed Crimson Dawn on their planet. And like, he's just this big hero. And I like that because I feel like that plays into what's left of Anakin because let's Anakin uh-huh. was so extra and he loved <laughs> to be the hero that swung in like the goddamn count of Monte Cristo and, and save the day. And I think that little piece of Anakin that's invader is like, you think I'm a hero? That's right. Cause I am a hero. Okay. I am a hero.
0: Last and action
1: I, hero. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that little, like that, that whole thing. So that that's cool. And then we have Ochi as usual being the pathetic thing that he is.
0: Yeah, so I, I a little confusion in this this issue because it it makes you think that Vader has known that Ochi is Crimson Dawn for the longest time, but then he makes a statement like, "If you were Crimson Dawn, I would have known." Um, so I'm left kind of questioning: like, is his is his affiliation with Crimson Dawn still a secret to Vader? Because when at the end when vader like grabs that pin and puts it on himself does he have the understanding that Ochi is crimson dawn and that his infiltration now with crimson dawn is going to be even easier because he can like move with these guys now do you know what i'm saying
1: yeah it was it was a bit ambiguous at the end and, and maybe it was done on purpose i'm not sure but the way i understood it is and again i could be wrong because i'm still struggling with it is that he always knew and i I had this feeling that he always knew ochi was in crimson dawn and he was gonna give ochi enough rope to hang himself yeah um and then when the moment was right vader was going to use ochi to infiltrate crimson dawn and i think that's what's happening i think like you said previously the whole triple agent kind of thing Mm -hmm. where Ochi ends up being a triple agent. Um, And I think that that's pretty cool. Um, And then you've got, but then Vader says, I am the Don.
0: It's, it's very strange to me because it, in the comic, it makes you think that he realizes Ochi's betrayal. Yes. And then it's like, Ochi escapes to Naboo. Mm Mm-hmm. And Vader asks, were you fouled? And then he's like, are you kidding me? I'm Ochi of Bastoon. Yeah. And then Vader blows up his ship. You know, so there's like this. I think Vader's too smart to not know. And that we're going to see him pull Ochi back to his side again. Because how does Ochi still work for the Emperor in the sequels? if he doesn't have the favor of them still. So Ochi is, Ochi's a squirming little file worm, right?
1: He is. So he's
0: going to, he's going to go back and he's going to flip flop back and forth, wherever the, wherever the, his interests lie, whoever's going to like not kill him. So I imagine that he, that the situation that we have now is Vader. Oh, now I'm, now I can say I'm Crimson Dawn. I'm going to move with you through these ranks and then we're going to kill everybody.
1: But you know what I also thought that that might be crazy? Is that the whole lightsaber battle with Kira was for show. That Vader is the closest one to the Emperor. And Kira wants the Emperor dead. Because that's what her master had taught her. And that Vader, maybe Vader is not... Just maybe Vader is Kira's new master after Maul went crazy. Vader found Kira and they continued Crimson Dawn in order to destroy the Emperor. And what better way and what better person to be the top of Crimson Dawn than Vader himself? Because the way he can operate and the fact that Vader will kill anyone for sneezing incorrectly. And <laughs> You know, uh, am I? I mean, I feel like a, a flat Nebu'er right now. Um, that Nebu is flat. You know that that's. <laughs> I'm over here
0: shaking my head, like, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, yeah, I could see that. Absolutely, why or not?
1: I'm, or I'm wrong.
0: Does Crimson Dawn represent order? Maybe. Is Palpatine chaos? I mean, for yes. order. He,
1: Palpatine and, thinks he's order, right? Exactly. And, and
0: Vader has Vader has proven otherwise through these issues, and realized otherwise that his idea of order can only be achieved if he's top dog.
1: Yes, and I, and I think that Vader knows that of himself. I think he's also deluded, but not to the level of where the Emperor is. Um, hmm. and I think that there is, you know, a possibility that Maul, Maul, we still don't know what happened. Right. We leave Maul in the Clone Wars as the leader of Crimson Dawn, and, and on Mandalore, and he had he is the the ruler of Mandalore through combat with the dark saber. We don't come back to Maul until season two of the Rebels of Rebels or yeah, season two of Rebels. And he is a crazy old coot who's living on this weird planet with a Sith weapon. In between these time periods, something happened to Maul where he was no longer in charge of Crimson Dawn and Kira is in charge. But is Kira in charge, or is Kira still first lieutenant? She seems to be in charge. Maybe Vader told her you're in charge. She's the only one that knows. figurehead Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Kira seems to know a lot of things
0: that's a That's a great hypothesis, honestly. I never thought about that. I didn't think about it till this comic. yeah. That is interesting. I mean, why is he so brazen about the fact that he can put that pin on?
1: I mean, yeah, maybe this is all orchestrated by him once Maul was I out am. of the way. Or mm. or he pushed or he's the one who pushed Maul out of the way.
0: Right. Ooh, we need that cartoon. We after do. this, after this comic series, because I'm sure that they re- will reveal something along like if they're going to reveal something like that, it's going to happen. Yeah. Here and then they'll go from there with the lore, yeah. Um, one, one other thing is, I, I did like the involvement of dark troopers in this issue, I thought that was amazing. Um,
1: yes, I, I like anytime that they're around, they're
0: there pre Return of the Jedi, even. Yep. So, where's our Kyle Katarn story? When's that going to happen? Is it going to happen? Kyle Katarn will return. You think so? I think so. In one, in one of these comics, he's going to come back.
1: I, I hope so. And I don't, I don't know how, but it would be cool to see Kyle Katarn. Um, I love playing as him in the video games. Kyle Katarn should
0: appear on the Castian show as one of the agents of the Rebellion.
1: You think so? Because, I mean, he's more of a New Republic kind of guy.
0: Kyle Katarin stole the first Death Star plans.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, man. Deep cut. I just had a rush of memories. Was that? That wasn't Dark Forces. Was that Dark Forces? That was Dark Forces 1.
0: Yeah. Holy That's the
1: moly.
0: Not Rogue but, 1. Kyle, no. Kyle Katarn is One? yeah kyle katarn is like the chuck norris of star wars there you go exactly so will chuck norris play kyle katarn in the star wars universe oh
1: my god that would be (laughs) that would be incredible uh if chuck norris was like you know in new republic times yeah i follow there's a facebook kyle katarn facts page and it's just Chuck Norris, but instead of Chuck Norris, it's Kyle Katarn. If this
0: doesn't happen,
1: I'm done with Star Wars. Oh my god, I, 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 don't believe, I don't believe you. But
0: <laughs> you're, you're right. Nor I, should anybody be out there. But I love your spirit. <laughs> right, exactly. I have commitment problems. Um. Anyways, what a great month of comics.
1: Three books. really yeah yeah a solid a solid three books um what do we got so for next month yeah i'm excited uh
0: i think we're going to try to squeeze in both issues of crimson Rain next month uh so we'll be wrapping up that series on the next show if the the issue drops on may 4th that's uh of course may the 4th be with you there are three big issues of comics supposedly coming out that day um crimson rain five obi-wan number one Mm -hmm. and another issue that i am missing on the sheet but
1: Afra, han solo obi-wan and star wars are all supposed to be releasing may the fourth yes it's the obi-wan one
0: you're right yep yeah let's let's hope all these books come out of time because we have a lot of exciting content in the coming months I will be wrapping up, um, crimson rain, as I said, and the hidden empire is on its way.
1: That's that is right. I can't wait, but yeah, Chris, great month of books, man. Great show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so
0: before we head out, do you want to plug anything?
1: Yes. Um, there is this little show called the critical mass podcast. Um, there are a ton of episodes out right now, easily over a hundred, if you want to laugh and have your brain melt a little bit, uh, take a look. We will be returning soon. Like um, the Jedi? Yes, just like the Jedi, but with far less brain cells. Um, we are coming back. I don't know when, but we'll come, be coming back soon with a whole new look. We're, pa- we're just painting over everything um, like my grandparents did. Don't you have an audio show? How do you do visuals
0: with that? I I don't know. Um, we <laughs> I ask the hard questions on this show.
1: It, yes, I, I, well we do. We have a new we have a TikTok. Woof. Um, so check us out there uh, at Critical Mass Podcast on TikTok. Um, our latest video is me breaking down the children's movie Turning Red. So check that out. Uh, that's pretty cool. And Dan has a couple funny videos up himself. And then uh, I believe Chris, we have a little show. We do. What's it called? It's called Listen Up Casuals.
0: And we are looking to get season two off the ground real soon. We have six episodes planned, six big episodes, including a certain Moon Knight show that's happening right now. So uh, we'll be working that in along with uh, some other of our favorite comic book TV and movies and how they relate to their comic book origins.
1: Yes. And what I'm really excited about the season is we are going to have an indie creator on the actual author um, will be joining us. I'm not going to tell you which because you have to um, listen and find out. And uh, not only that, but a smattering of another uh, bunch of great guests from all over DFAT um, to discuss your favorite superheroes and supervillains, how they come from the screen and onto paper and vice versa amazing amazing so much great content from defense entertainment i don't even know what to
0: do with it besides listen so yes listen and cry mostly That's it. <laughs> so that does it for tonight um rocco what do you what do you where do you find all the comics you read
1: um i go to a little place in gates new york called first print comics um, uh, Make sure that you check them out. Um, That's First Print Comics, the best comic book shop in the city of Rochester. Um, Don't miss them. And uh, also make sure that wherever you live, you are supporting your local comic shop. Get out of Barnes & Noble. Get out of Walden Books, if that even exists anymore. I don't even know. Or, you know, what is the other one? Borders Books or doesn't amazon brick and mortar who knows yeah no none of that you go to your local comic shop you go to a place where you talk to the owner that's what i do and you buy all your comics from them that's what you should do damn straight and for everybody out there listening may the
0: force be with you bye everyone